again, welcome to all who are worshiping with us on this day. I'm Pastor Mike Toomey, one of your pastors here at Hope. For those of you worshiping online, again, thank you for your presence along with us. We're in a sermon series, Then Sings My Soul. We're using the great hymns of faith to help us understand Scripture, to help us understand, to flesh out how Scripture kind of shows the whole picture of God for us. And today I want to take a look and we want to use one of those great hymns, Mighty Fortresses Are God. So with that being said, before we go too much further, let's have a word of prayer. Gracious and good God, Heavenly Father, when the storms of life rage around us, we pray for your peace and your comfort to be with us, to give us your peace, your hope, your strength. Heavenly Father, when we're in awe of you, help us to not be terrified of what is going on around us, but help us to walk in faith and to share your love from right where we're at to the ends of the earth. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said. When I graduated from college, I had about three months to figure out what I was going to do before I went to seminary. Like, what do you do for three months when you can't really find a job and that sort of thing? So I took one more class at college. I took an archaeological dig, and we went to an island in the South Pacific. It was in the American territory of Samoa. You fly from Fargo, Minneapolis. You always got to fly to Minneapolis. Anyway, you, Fargo, Minneapolis, and you go to, you know, L.A., and then Hawaii, and then Hawaii down to uh, Samoa, Pongo, Pongo, and then you, then we didn't stay on the big island. We got in an even smaller aircraft. You, you know those aircraft where they actually put you on a scale before you get in there? And then they tell you your luggage will come a week later? So we got on one of these little, little aircraft and they got us in, in and we flew to this tiny little island, four square miles in the South Pacific Ocean. And we landed on this little tiny postage stamp and there we were for about two weeks. It was an amazing time. It was an awesome time as we were digging away on this beautiful beach um, through the miracles of modern technology. We could sit in the, in the lodge in the evenings having our supper while we watched the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, while we were watching, I believe it was the Penguins beating somebody else, all of a sudden a, a weather alert came across the TV. Just like we have, except this, this wasn't for a tornado, this was for a cyclone. A Pacific storm um, here in the Northern Hemisphere, we call them hurricanes, but, but down there it was cyclones, typhoons, and all sorts of stuff. And so we, we hear about this cyclone coming in. They said, if you're on the main island of Tutuila, no problem. If you're on Ofu, you're in trouble. They said, if you are there, get away from the sea and get away from the mountains. We're worried about a storm surge coming in that might drown you. And, and if the rains get too heavy, we're worried about mudslides coming down the mountain. So get as far away from the mountains and the sea as you can. We looked out the window and 60 yards in front of us was the ocean and 60 yards behind us was the mountain. What do you do when the rains fall, the sea rages, and there is no place to hide. For the first time in my four years at NDSU, I really wished I had gone to Concordia. 
Those people were over in Europe at five-star hotels eating caviar and drinking champagne. There I was in the middle of a cyclone eating octopus stew, which is surprisingly good. What do you do in those moments? What do you do? There is no place to turn, no place to hide. There's no fortress to go. In whom do you trust? Holy Scripture begins to point us to that very place that we can trust. It reads like this in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Not kidding. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though as waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, God is our present help, an ever-present help in time of trouble. So let me ask you this personal question. Where do you go in, in times of trouble? Where do you find shelter in, in the time when, 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 the, when the earth and the sea show their wrath? Where, where do you go when, for, for peace within the storm? In what and whom do you trust? Where will your faith be not put to shame? I've done quite a bit of youth ministry over 20 plus years of ministry. And this is what I've learned on youth trips. You always want a little bit of adversity in a youth trip. The very best thing that can happen while you're taking kids somewhere is the bus breaks down. Young youth ministers don't get this understanding, but after you've been through it once or twice, you realize that adversity points you to resilience. It's one of those places where it points you to hoping, not in the bus, but hoping in God. Let me tell you about the greatest youth trip ever. And you heard about part of it in Holy Scripture. Jesus was taking his disciples. I mean, his disciples were teenagers, more than likely, with the exception of Peter. Uh, most of them were, were, were teenagers. And, and so there he is in, in the boat, and, and, and they decide that they are going to go from what they know, their hometown, home area, and they're going to go to the other side of the lake. Now, people on the other side of the lake are always a little bit different. In Jesus' day, these people were a lot different. These people were of a different culture. They are of a different people. They're of a slightly different religion. They were troublesome people. And so Jesus wants to go over there and to show them the very power of God. And so he begins to take his disciples. And on this youth trip, all sorts of really awesome things happen, like they meet some people who are demon-possessed. I mean, this is really a good youth trip already. And then a whole herd of pigs drown. I mean, this is a great youth trip. And then in the very beginning of this youth trip, guess what happens? The boat nearly breaks. You heard about it. Sea of Galilee. My understanding of the geography is this, that the wind can come up at a moment's notice. And when the wind comes up at a moment's notice, then the topography of this particular lake, the, the, the bottom of the lake, lends itself to becoming quite choppy very fast. White caps happen at 10 and 15 miles an hour. It's rocky, it's wavy, it's, there's, there's problems. And that's exactly what happens in this boat trip. 
They get in the boat and they're going across the lake. The wind blows and the waves rise and it begins to rock the boat from left to right, sideways, back and forth. The timbers are creaking. The mast is wanting to break off. All sorts of troubles are beginning to happen. The disciples are filled with fear and there they see Jesus sleeping in the back of a boat on a cushion and one of them shouts out, Jesus, don't you care that we are about to die? And I imagine the rest of the story is kind of like this. And Jesus got up. And he rebuked the wind. And he said to it, Quiet. Be still. And it became completely calm. And then Jesus said words like this, like these to the disciples. Why are you so afraid? You still have no faith. Jesus was asking the disciples, whatever may come, when the winds blow, and the seas rage. When you're with me, you're safe. It reads like this in the rest of the, the story about the boat. It says that they were terrified and they asked one another, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Mark uses that word terrified in this way. Whenever somebody is terrified in Mark's gospel, they're in the presence of God. They're in the presence of the divine. There they are in the presence of God. And Jesus is saying, when you are with me, you are safe. So let's come back to your life. When the storms rage and the seas roar, to whom do you turn? The year was 1517 in Europe, northern Europe, Germany. And all of a sudden, things began to get a little dicey. A monk by the name of Martin Luther called for a debate on the practice of indulgences. In other words, the paying of money for the forgiveness of sins. And he posted his 95 theses on the church door in Wittenberg calling for that calling for that debate, and all of a sudden the news of these, of these theses began to get out and, and to be published and, and to go all over Germany and, and, and then more and more and more, and people got afraid. People were calling Luther a heretic. Being a heretic was no light matter. It wasn't just a matter of opinion, but it was a matter of life and death. The year 1521 comes around and they decide to settle this at something called the Diet of Worms. And some of you are wondering, how much weight can you lose on the Diet of Worms? It's not about what you eat. 
It's not like keto. It's not like the Mediterranean diet. It's not like that. It's, it's a conference. It was a conference of political leaders that would get together and decide. And there they were in the town in Germany called Worms. Frederick the Wise, one of the electors, he, he made sure that Luther had safe passage. And there for days they debated and argued. Some of Luther's last words at the Diet of Worms were this. Unless I am convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, I am bound by the scriptures and I have quoted that I have quoted and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and not, I cannot and will not recant anything since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. May God help me. And some people say that then Luther said, here I stand, I can do no other. The, the, the main person arguing against Luther by the name of Johann Eck, he, he called Luther a heretic in this moment. And they were going to give Luther a, a few days to reconsider his bold statement. But Luther left Worms. And Frederick the, Frederick the Wise, he sent knights, masked, Hidden, uh, hidden away, disguised as highway robbers to take Luther, not back to Wittenberg, but take him to the Wartburg Fortress. It was there in the fortress that Luther found physical shelter. For the next several years, the Reformation would get underway with great stress, with great turmoil all around. The Ottoman Empire was invading Europe. There was the, the worries of that outside threat. There were the worries of economic woes. Luther even had to face his own personal economic woes. All sorts of other things were happening in stressing him out, trying to get the church up and running. He had to face isolation and spiritual anguish and depression. He got married, which was a great joy, but he ended up bearing one of his own children by the name of Elizabeth. Elizabeth. After facing all of these struggles, and inspired by Psalm 46, where did he turn? Luther found his shelter in no other place than that of Jesus. For it is Jesus who being God had died for the sake of sinners like you and me. For it is Jesus who was raised from the dead by the Father who ushers you and me into everlasting life. For it is Jesus who gives us his spirit so that we might believe, be saved, be holy, and be comforted in this life so that we might fully live here right now without fear and then be ushered into everlasting life. So what do you say when the wind blows and 
the waves roar and the devil is nipping at your heels? What do you do when the doctor tells you that the end is near? What do you do when you hear about inflation and economic depression? What do you do when you hear about wars and rumors of wars? What do you do when you hear and get that dear John or dear Jane letter? What do you do when you've raised a child as best that you can and they behave nothing more than like a spoiled brat? What do you do? What do you do when you need to take away your parents' car keys or the car keys have been taken away from you? Whom do you trust? You do what Luther did. With faith in Jesus and inspired by Psalm 46, he sang. He sang. He sang in the, in the face of the devil. He, he, he inspires you and me to do the same, that when we are faced with the troubles of this life, we sing. We sing to the wind. We sing to the water. We sing at the devil himself. We sing to the devil that Christ is our refuge, that Jesus is our fortress, that Jesus is our fortress, that Jesus is always at our side, and Christ will see us through. In the year 1529, first published accounts of the great hymn, A Mighty Fortress, came out. And they have inspired the church and believers ever since to hold on to Christ through the storm and in the midst of it. The last half of verse 4, it gets right at the point of the gospel. Were they to take our house, goods, honor, child, or spouse, though life be wrenched away, they cannot win the day. The kingdom's ours forever. kingdom is yours forever. Jesus Christ is with you always through the worst of the storms. Your God is a mighty fortress, a stronghold that will never fail. Amen. Let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and for your ever-present help. Heavenly Father, whatever storm we're facing in this life, we pray in thanksgiving that you have never abandoned us and that you never will. Heavenly Father, keep us close to your side. Keep us strong in faith as we share this word to the people around us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.